Welcome to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Today, we'll show you how to use the spirit of love and self worth to improve the connections with everyone else in your life. This program is your weekly gift, and it will keep on giving. You'll see. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Hello, and welcome, everyone. I hope you're all faring well. I'm Dr. Jean Marie, your Love Light host coming to you from the Voice America Empowerment Channel, shining love light into your hearts and homes to empower your life with love. And we are grateful to our listeners worldwide who tune in live and on demand. We have a great show today, Impact of Love on Health, How to Prevent Love from Growing Cold with Ruth Littler. What happens when love grows cold? What impact does it have on our mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual state of well-being? How can we recover? Buddha quotes, you, as much as anybody in the entire universe, deserve your own love. And love is an inside job with self-awareness, self-acceptance, and self-care. When love grows cold, it's time to take responsibility to reset, restore, and reclaim our power. And oftentimes we're too busy for ourselves, but we can be our own self-advocate to prevent love from growing cold. And our guest, Ruth Littler, joining us today from Perth, Western Australia, will share empowering knowledge, and strategies to help us truly live from the inside out. Ruth says our creator has left us a roadmap to keep the lights on our genes and how to turn them to optimum health. And that health, the health that we are searching for is already in us. So Ruth Littler, uh, she, uh, completed her Bachelor of Nursing and Master of Science, Social Science and Counseling. She's a health coach, elite mentorship and heart math uh, certified trainer, and she's also a registered nurse. Ruth is the author of the international bestseller, Live from the Inside Out, Heal and Reclaim Your Health. And in 2021, Ruth founded 360 Wellbeing, a coaching comprehensive coaching and consulting service focusing on stress, transformation, resilience, and reclaiming health. And her mission is to empower people to transform from the inside out, live freely, fully, and feel fantastic. So now I am pleased to welcome Ruth Lissler on our show today, The Impact of Love on Health, How to Prevent Love from Growing Cold. Welcome, Ruth, to our show today. Oh, thank you very much. I'm really honored to be here. Well, we are delighted for you to be here today on such an inspirational and empowering episode. And we are, we're glad that you're here with us today. Ruth, I know you had an amazing uh, personal transformational healing journey that inspired your work. Can you share with us, maybe highlight some details about your healing journey? 
Yes, I I look back now and think, oh, with all <laughs> the changes that have occurred. Um, at the end, maybe 2009, I actually didn't have optimum health. I was in a management position and I was actually experiencing burnout, which led to about 10 years of chronic illness. And I just kept managing and managing and coping and coping till... And I kept going from one specialist to another. It was like a revolving door. Um, I used to go for symptoms, you know, because I had different symptoms and I'd be treated in parts rather than must be something that's causing this. But instead, it was only treating symptoms. And when they said, come back if you don't get better, well, I went back. And as I said to you, it was like a revolving door. It was very frustrating and very draining. And... But by 2017, I could not hide the illness anymore. My hair started falling out and um, my blood sugar levels were so high and such terrible complications from it. And I had psoriasis all over my body, which was really painful and used to bleed. So I got to a point where I was at the, I was very desperate. And I remember telling a, a specialist, what exactly, what do you think the cause is? And he didn't talk to me. Instead, he turned to the computer and then printed off some some pages on stress management and gave it to me. I felt terrible. And in fact, I felt embarrassed. And I got into my car and I just burst into tears. I've never felt so powerless before. And after crying, I just suddenly decided I'm never going to feel this powerless again. And I said, I'm going to take back my power. I'm going to reclaim my health. And that was from 2017. I've been on a journey of finding out what exactly was going wrong. And I started reading epigenetics, which is, you know, turning why genes don't express themselves. I started looking at biology and nutrition and and uh, stress transformation, stress resilience, and even biblical scriptures. And I started applying them in my life. And one of the things I really discovered, which at first wasn't very pleasant, but now I just love to know that, that I'm glad I found out, and is that inside me there was a lot of things that were causing me turmoil, bitterness, anger, resentment, shame, and guilt. I didn't even know it was there inside me. And as I started learning about that, I realized that's what was keeping me ill. And that was sort of really not allowing me to have optimum health. And underneath all that, I found that I had this thought that I wasn't good enough. And so the, it was just like a, a vicious cycle with, with limited thinking and these depleting emotions that really took my health. But in all that, I found that there was a way out. And it just meant that me learning more about replenishing emotions like love and other forms of love, like compassion and forgiveness, and even um, just appreciation and gratitude. And those are the emotions that really helped me come out. And of course, now I actually use all that in my work in the sense that I look for um, help people actually see what actually is, are their obstacles and what are the things that are stopping them transforming and enjoying life. 
enjoying a fulfilling life. And I think this healing journey has really been helpful for me. It was seemed like a long time, over 10 years, but it really has been helpful because I know that there are blueprints given to us, which is really all about love. And I learned that love actually unfurls DNA and, and repairs <laughs> DNA. And that's yes. where I am today. Wow, what an amazing journey. And we really appreciate you being authentic and sharing your story. It shows us how, you know, our emotional state can result in manifesting illness. And you, this really uh, spurred you into looking at all kinds of uh, research, uh, epigenetics, new biology, nutrition, resilience, biblical scriptures, and you applied it to your own life. And, you know, that's really empowering. You didn't just accept, you know, your illness. You really uh, decided to, you know, do your own work and reclaim your power. And that really is very empowering for listeners to know that, you know, we can overcome. We just have to take charge of our health. Uh, Ruth, and, and, and I think one of the things that you indicated, how uh, emotions, pin up negative emotions, resentment, guilt, shame, you know, not feeling good enough, how we really take that on in our psyche on a, on a cellular level. And, you know, we can really see how it manifests in our lives. Right. Well, Ruth, uh, what emotions result in love growing cold? And tell us, how does our state of what health relate to love? I mean, how is that all, you know, how does that, is that configured as we look at the impact of health on love? And what is love growing cold? May I just maybe divide that into two parts? Sure, sure. When, I know I gave I, you a lot. No, <laughs> uh -huh. when I when I look around in my life in our world today, I see a lot of coldness, the amount of division and the violence and stealing and corruption. That to me is is not like a temperature <laughs> uh, with, with love, but I just feel that if we don't feel there's any affection or anyone caring that feels really cold and detached and when i see what's happening in the world and how people get put down easily and criticized and that to me just shows there's no affection and i think that is a com causes a community feeling of maybe what's the point what's the use it just sort of takes away the hope and joy but i think that the other part of love growing cold and using my experience in life is that sometimes we don't even know we're withholding love mainly, mainly because you know from hurt and rejection or betrayal we get to a point where we think you know I, I don't, I'm not going to be open to anybody who's going to hurt me and then we realize well I realize that really that wasn't helpful maybe for a little while but it wasn't helpful because the our cells are always listening to our thoughts and our feelings. And I, I know Louise Hay, um, the late author um, on healing books, used to say, your cells are always listening. Be yes. careful what you're thinking and saying to yourself. So that withholding of love can actually impact our cells where they don't flourish. 
But the other part of that is not really realizing how bitterness is in, increases in us. And in myself, I didn't know that because I didn't express anger, um, not willfully, but that's how, you know, um, it was with me that I didn't express anger. I didn't have good conflict management skills. I kept everything to myself, but it actually started increasing in bitterness, increasing in shame as well, because then I would be ashamed of the way I was thinking. But also deep down, there's a lot of things from from years gone by and guilt. All those things make bring a bit of coldness where we actually stop being ourselves. It stops help. Well, with me, it stopped me being authentic and not stepping up or stepping out so that when people needed my talent or my gifts, I just kept it to myself because I didn't want to show up because of these emotions that that drag us down. And I think the other thing is um, some of the, I would consider when love goes cold is pride and arrogance because sometimes I've been in situations where people are really um, sort of really uh, vented, <laughs> but it was so terrible. It was awful feeling for me being at the other end of somebody being in rage or in anger. And I used to think to myself, why is that? And it, many times, yes, out of fear, people do that because they, they don't feel secure enough. And But I'm not worried about the rationale at the moment, but the effects of that is that when people say, well, that's just me, you know, they don't take any responsibility for changing their emotions, especially with anger. Um, that to me actually causes a huge impact on their own health, myself yes. as well when I was angry, because that's something, um, you know, you think anger is hot, but actually when, you think about the effects, none of these emotions are wrong. It's how long we stay in them that cause the problems with our health, but also causes, takes away the quality of life and the joy of living. And anger, that, you know, it's accumulative. Yes. And the cortisol and the adrenaline that's released circulate round and round and round the body. And it takes about 12 hours for stress hormones to leave the body. And then you've got something else that irritates you and there's something else that you're angry about. And it all accumulates. And sometimes I never used to sleep well at night because I didn't know that these stress hormones were actually keeping me awake. And there's more aches and pains and joint problems with anger and also other areas of the body actually um, reflect these emotions, shame and guilt. We know that um, uh, there are a lot of illnesses, bowel illnesses, and even I noticed that the cancer associations are actually saying there's a link between our emotions, especially shame, with some of the cancers. Not all cancers. I realize there's toxins. I realize there's lots of different things that cause it. But there's a link there now that is being out in the public that's actually uh, on, on their website saying that there's a a link between shame and cancer. So cold is not necessarily a temperature, it's just withholding love. And yes. withholding love to yourself, that's what actually makes you sick as well. Yes, that's, that's beautifully said. And, uh, you know, it's apparent that the pain that we have or that we suffer from makes us cold and it shuts us down. And then these repressed feelings resurface uh, in, 
mental and uh, physical uh, uh, lack of health and well-being. So thank you so much for sharing that. I also like to uh, talk about our role of the role of beliefs, the beliefs we hold. Like some of us focus on striving and comparing ourselves to others, being perfect, uh, fulfilling the expectations of others, and as you indicated with yourself, it leads to can lead to burnout and, you know, uh, shedding these faulty beliefs, you know, really looking at what beliefs do I hold? What values do I hold that are not really serving me and really making me sick? I think I see this a lot um, about our expectations. We're not even aware of what we're ex our expectations are. Right. Because we think that people expect us to be... Um, all the time excelling. Maybe I, I know I grew up um, with an expectation that I had to excel. And so there was no room for failure. There was no room for realness where you couldn't do it. It was just keep striving, striving, striving. And I think that comes also from a lack of self-worth or lack of self-esteem. It also causes more trouble when you can't reach those expectations that you you set, causing more. I'm not good enough. It's just a vicious cycle. Yeah. And I think the as Louise Hay said, you know, um, our cells are always listening. So I think about um, waking up in the past when I used to wake up in the morning and think what sort of day I was going to have, especially at work. Um, I actually set my expectation for being tired. I didn't, I wasn't conscious, but I, I set that expectation. I said, oh, I had this, this, and this, and this to do. And I actually started feeling exhausted even before yes. starting work. And it's yes. just a matter of just catching yourself thinking, what are you thinking and what are you feeling? Because every thought brings an emotion. And if we set up with a thought that is not serving us, we actually end up with depleting emotions, you know, yeah. um, and, and then afterwards, it's a vicious cycle. Then you have another thought that matches that emotion. And then you have an emotion that will meet that thought. And depleting emotions are, are the biggest reason for depleting our energy. Yes, that is and, uh, so true. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I was just thinking, you know, I suffer from this uh, the need to be perfect under the veil of unworthiness, you know, trying to be accepted, giving it all, you know, uh, being a people pleaser and even shutting down my voice to the point where I had thyroid issues because I was shutting my voice down. And uh, it's amazing how, uh, as you indicated, and Louise Hay as well, how, you know, these uh, emotional aspects of ourselves manifest in uh in, in these physical illnesses and, you know, to recover and regain and reclaim your power is fascinating. And for me, I'm just pleased that now I'm writing my books and sharing my story and now on radio. So it's amazing as well as with you. And, and I think, thank you for sharing that about voice. I too was silent for a long time. I always worried about what people would think. And even one thing, even before writing the book, I was, the thing that kept me from doing that was, who do you think you are, Ruth? Yes. <laughs> that was a thought that used to come to myself a lot. Until one day I decided that if not now, when? And that mm -hmm. changed things for me. 
Yes, and it's up to us. We have to take that responsibility to become aware, more self-aware, because I think what happens, we just move through life habitually, you know, not really thinking, just get up in the morning, going through the same, uh, you know, taking the same steps, you know, thinking the same thoughts. And then you look up, uh, hey, your, your health has changed, you're emotionally drained. And, you know, we have to really pay attention to that, to look at a new way and a new approach to living our lives to find that joy. And Ruth, you are, uh, you studied, uh, you're a heart math uh, teacher and expert, uh, where you talk about the power of the heart uh, that can lead to more holistic health and well-being. Can you share a little bit about what heart math is and to make it more practical for our listeners? Um, this journey of healing actually led me to find a way to uh, reduce stress in my life. And I came across heart math and um, I eventually became a certified trainer. But HeartMath is is an institute in Boulder Creek, California. It is also has lots of resilience programs and techniques, self-regulating techniques, where you can actually put the brakes on the stress response that we have in our body. You know, the, the fight and flight response. We can actually put the brakes on that in the moment of stress, not at the end of the day or not after the stress event, in the moment of stress. And I really, really um, found that very helpful. I I actually had blood pressure problems and medications for it, and I followed all that. They have about over 30 years of research on um, improving your well-being. And, you know, the... Olympic athletes use it, health professionals in North America uh, use it, first responders. And I was really, well, intrigued to learn more when I found out that um, the whole Netherlands were, uh, police force use techniques um, that to self-regulate. And I thought to myself, I want to learn more. And they have equipment, you know, you can have it on your phone where you actually stay in a zone where you're in optimum performance and to have a place where you can actually think clearly so that you actually bring everything into alignment. So what I actually learned is that um, HeartMath research uh, using the power of the heart um, can actually say, you know, like for instance, most times people think the brain controls everything. But really, there are more messages going from your heart to your brain than your brain to your heart. And um, and really, we can actually control the stress response by focusing on the area of your heart. And I, I can go through that with you. Um, and actually making changes to the heart rhythm beat to beat. And instead of having this, like an earthquake rough heart, um, heart rate, rhythm check you actually have a nice smooth um sine wave everything runs smoothly if you actually look at um like an olympic rowing team for instance how everyone hit the water at the same time with their oar they're in the momentum is there when everyone's working together so heart math actually all their techniques all their programs lead us to creating a state of coherence coherence and basically, it is bringing the heart, the brain, the um, all your emotions, 
all your organs, everything working together in your hormones so that you're in optimum flow and optimum mm-hmm. performance. And you can do that in 60 seconds okay. to, and- to reset and give some micro recovery to your body. So HeartMath is, is just a way of saying, look, we can actually um, change our health, change our, our way of being to increase in elevated emotions like love and compassion and joy and mm-hmm. gratitude um, yes. and peace okay. and uh, start replacing those frustration and anger and fear and anxiety and sadness emotions yes. and guilt shame. So basically they've, they've got these programs to be able to do that, Good. the techniques to do that. Okay, and we're going to hear more about those techniques in our next segment. And Ruth, I know uh, in your book, you talk about how to live from the inside out. And, you know, as Ruth was, as you were indicating, you know, uh, instead of just staying with that uh, lower vibrational energy with the compilation of negative thoughts, take a pause to make better decisions and change the way you respond. And, you know, this is an opportunity to self-reflect and look at ways to stay calm, to really, uh, you know, enhance your own well-being and bring the body back into homostasis. But we're going to talk about strategies in the next segment but i think right now it's time for a brief commercial break uh so for our listeners don't go away we will return shortly for more on the impact of love on health how to prevent love from growing cold with ruth littler international best-selling author health coach heart mind certified teacher registered nurse founder of 360 well-being Stay tuned for more. We'll be right back. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Celebrate the launching of Dr. Jean Marie Farish's new book, Living in the Spirit of Love, to guide you in strengthening and embodying the practice of love in your daily life. Connect with us on Facebook and join our Lover's Lane Feel Good Now community and tune in to the Love Cocktail Minute. Relax, refresh, renew for support and daily inspiration. Life Care Wellness Pep for Angels, Inc. is a nonprofit organization to enrich lives and serve our community with emphasis on serving children who are hospitalized. Join Dr. Jean Marie Farish and Vicki Winterton in their global mission to donate My Joy Journal for Children in English and Spanish to as many children as possible. Order directly from Amazon.com and donate to children in your communities. Men are currently in a mental health crisis. Suicide, addiction, and loneliness are on the rise. Men need mentorship, community, and guidance. On the Men's Therapy Podcast with Mark Agile, you'll hear from experts on topics that men care about the most. Financial health, relationships, fitness, emotional management, and lifestyle design. Listen live every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are tuned in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Feel free to connect with our program through email or check out our links on Facebook. Reach Gene at Gene72Farish at Yahoo.com. That's Gene72Farish at Yahoo.com. And now, back to Love Light. Welcome back to Love Light Living in the Spirit of Love. If you're just joining us, we are with our amazing guest, Ruth Littler, joining us from Perth. Uh, she's the founder of Wellbeing 360, health, health coach, heart, mind, certified trainer. She's the author of the international bestseller, Live from the Inside Out, Heal and Reclaim Your Health. On our show today, The Impact of Love on Health, How to Prevent Love from Growing Cold. And Ruth, thank you so much in the first segment sharing you know, your uh, transformational journey, how you reclaimed your health and uh, how we should become more aware of, you know, these emotions that we're uh, experiencing and, you know, the things that we're telling ourselves and how, you know, we're always listening to ourselves and the messages are being trapped in what inside our cellular uh, system. And it, comes out in other ways, right? And that's in ill health and uh, whether it's mental, emotional, physical, you know, it makes an impact. And Ruth, in this segment, you're going to show us that you are a a living testimony of how to reclaim uh, our health and uh, how to be self-advocates Uh, for ourselves is something that you really talk a lot about in your book and in your teachings. And I think you're going to really take the listeners through an exercise or share some tools. Yes, I think with self, being a self advocate is, it really takes a lot of courage. Because when you're really chronically ill and exhausted, tired, it's very hard to even think of what questions you want to ask health professionals. And sometimes it's a really good idea. Well, I used to actually write my questions down because so I would remember to ask these questions. But one of the things that um, I found that when I was really going through a lot of stress and also being ill, really ill, my, as I said, my had psoriasis, it had uh, high sugar levels, over four years, not one health professional asked me what is going on in your home life or your work life or in your relationships. Not one person asked. In fact, I would actually volunteer some of that information, but they still didn't put the dots in. In fact, one health professional said to me, oh, we don't deal with that here. You'll have to go to another doctor for that. Yes. And remember, all this is costing us <laughs> a lot yes. of money time and taking time off work, etc. Yes. Plus, of course, it's just exhausting us. So part of self 
um, well, to advocate for yourself is to ask those questions, but also to ask yourself, what is your body telling you? What, what is, because you have an intuition, all you're doing is making time for it to come out so you can actually hear, because you do, intuition is there, which will actually tell you where the issues are. And maybe we don't have that knowledge, but at least you're aware of the sensations in your body. Even asking yourself, have I, have I played together today? I have I laughed today? All those are important elevating emotions that come with that. You know, you see children so joyful on swings and playing, and they've actually got youthful hormone being released. It gets less as we grow older. So they're the sort of things we've got to look at with advocating for yourself, not just with the health professionals, but also asking how long is this uh, treatment for and what else is there as an option instead of saying, oh, this is what they told me and this is what I have to have. Because if you don't ask for options, most of the times you never get told that. And one of the things that um, I wanted to really mention, <laughs> it just went out of my mind, is when we're talking about heart math, the thing that really changed life for me is to realize that when we have these elevated emotions, we're actually repairing DNA. And over with every emotion, about 1,400 biochemical reactions occur and hormones are released. You either get stress hormones from... Um, from the depleting emotions you feel and what you think, or you're going to get joyful, uh, happy, um, bonding emotions like oxytocin or DHEA, the, the youthful hormone being released. So really it comes to when you're advocating for yourself, think about it, which ho hormones do you really want to have, like a lot more cortisol or do, which is stress, aging your body as well as causing lots of aches and pains and causing illnesses and diseases or the youthful hormone that just makes you happy. And even there's a lot of research done where biologically people get younger by having elevated emotions and through meditating and having higher emotional um, responses like gratitude and compassion. So that to me, advocating for myself and, and advocating for yourself would not just be about with a health professional, but even asking yourself some really important questions like, what is this about? What am I learning from all this? Because this is where it's all changing inside and everything on the outside changes when we change inside. Mm, that is so powerful. And um, I know you have a little exercise, but I just want to interject a thought. You know, a lot of times people say to themselves, I don't have time for myself or I'm too busy. And you live habitually as normal. Uh, and uh, uh, even though it's self-destructive, so we have to be self-advocates and make self-care a priority because uh, there's this is not time to make excuses or be distracted because when you fall apart, life goes on. Perfectly. That's perfect. Exactly um, what I had to learn because everyone else took priority, my family, um, my work, rather than, hey, I need to look after myself, you know, putting the oxygen mask on yourself first. But I wanted to also mention is that self-compassion is really important, especially if there's emotions such as shame and guilt that we're experiencing. 
and even anxiety and fear because all these emotions keep us surviving. If they're, they're there for a reason, it's just we have to ask ourselves, are we still in that um, fear zone where we need to keep these emotions? Are they serving us? But also really direct self-compassion to yourself. Uh, I know that's, uh, that's what helped me because I wasn't a friend to myself. I would be much more comforting to other people than I was to myself. Instead, I was harsh to myself, driving myself, striving Yes. And advocating for yourself is to start showing compassion to yourself and directing that because only then your cells start vibrating at a higher level because shame and guilt have lower vibrations in your body. Your cells vibrate lower and when it, they vibrate lower, they're not at optimum functioning and that's when sickness occurs. Yes. Yes, and we have to be uh, aware of how we lose energy and how we drain ourselves or we're in uh, connections with others that are kind of toxic, how the relationships may be draining that have an impact. And uh, you you talk about, you know, the 60 second, how can we, what can we do? Like, you know, uh, to, to, oh, to right. take that okay. pause, to um, take take that pause, the sixty seconds that we can take during the course of the day to try to reset. That you know you can't be too busy to do that, right? That's right. Um, if I could just mention to you first, there is another first technique before we do the sixty seconds, a quick coherence technique. Okay, it's a way of um, preparing for our stress responses for the day. You know, we might be going for a medical test or maybe just work meetings, etc. And it's really important to prepare and maybe just focus on the area of your heart, that your chest, as your breath is going in and out. And I will go through this with you. But when you do that, when you focus on your heart, you actually start putting the brakes on your stress response. But also your heart rhythms change. It doesn't mean you're going to get sick or anything like that. It just changes to a nice rhythm rather than one that is chaotic, okay? And that's um, that's just preparing for our uh, whatever's going to happen for the day. You could do that while you're driving to work or walking to work. Um, you know, whether you're having breakfast or a cup of tea in the morning, if you could do doing that heart-focused breathing. So the first part of, of us being able to reset for the day and get that micro recoveries to prepare for whatever happens. The other one is when you're finding that you don't have emotional composure, maybe you start, you're starting to feel distressed, you really need to think of the word shift, okay? Shift and reset, because at that time, you can start again doing more heart-focused breathing, and I'll go through the quick coherence technique with you. And then the third part about it is to sustain it. So that means you've gone back to um, to getting a reset by just focusing on your heart. You're putting the, the brakes on your stress response, but you want to be practicing this throughout the day. I mean, when I first started, it was six times a day, six minutes a day, one minute, six times a day. I did that to get recovery, and I don't take any blood pressure tablets anymore um, because I was able to get my blood pressure back to like 25 years ago just from these self-regulating techniques. Now, listeners, if you're feeling that, um, you know, you don't feel so stressed now, but you might have a stressful time during the week, this is a really good 
technique they can use for 60 seconds, okay? It's called a quick coherence technique. Like I said, coherence is that lovely flow and harmony when your brain and your heart and your emotions and your mental state um, and, and your hormones, everything is in alignment and there's a lovely harmonious flow. So w- would you like to do this with me? Sure, yes. Uh, we'll just slow down. And what I'm going to do is ask you to focus on the area of your heart in the front of your chest. And you imagine as if your your breath is coming in and out of the heart area. And imagine the breath flowing in and out. And I suggest that you can hold it for five seconds when you inhale and five seconds when you exhale, but focusing on your heart area while you breathe. Okay. We'll just do it for a minute. And that's called heart-focused breathing. Now I would like to invite you to actually experience or think about a regenerative feeling like when you love someone or something. And keep that feeling going. So you're re-experiencing the feeling while you're breathing. That's all it is. Something that you care about, someone you care about. Maybe you've got a photograph you're looking at um, or a pet. And then we'll just do about six more breaths, okay? We'll focus on the area of your heart, breathing in and out. Inhaling for five seconds, exhaling for five seconds. And now we re-experience, we experience that regenerative feeling. That's all it takes. Sometimes we can do that um, with our eyes. We do it with our eyes open. We can do that anywhere, even at a meeting, and nobody will know that you're actually changing the vibration in your body. You're actually bringing a reset and recovery to your body. This is the flow that we need for DNA repair as well. And there's a lot of research on this and pre-resources on heartmath.org. Um, and especially for parents with children, because children are going through a lot of anxiety as well. So it's just something to consider that you can do this heart-focused breathing. It just means that you're going to change that little rhythm in your heart, the beat to beat. You're making everything. You flour- the the cells are being having lovely, nurturing, flourishing emotions around it. Mm. And this is something that is very powerful. You can actually see it um, on real-time technology where you can see yourself go into coherence. And the longer you stay in it, it doesn't mean that it's wrong when you come out of it and think about other things, but try to go back into that state of coherence. Yes. Ruth, I love this. And this is something that we can do as adults and also teach children and also make it a family affair as well. That's right. 
Right. And I, I love what you said. It's like the reminder shift and reset. It's like the quick response when you know you're out of homostasis. And this is like a little what saying that you can say to yourself, shift and reset and go into that quick coherence technique because it is an inside job. Mm, definitely. So we're uh, the 60 seconds uh, technique, the quick coherence technique, breathing, uh, the, what you call it, the heart breathing, heart focused breath. Uh, and I love what you said about the appreciation. Look at some, think about something that you appreciate, something that brings you what joy and happiness to focus on, to shift your energy, right? That's right. Right. Immediately it shifts your energy. Because yes. one thing I wanted to mention too is that we have these spiritual, I call it tanks, but they're domains, spiritual domains, emotional, uh, mental, and physical domains. So we have like tanks of energy and we usually drain energy fast from emotions, but we can pull out the other res other tanks, the spiritual resources, the physical resources, or the mental resources to get us through. So instead of giving up, we need to, when we're very tired, just ask ourselves, what is what what do I need to fill these tanks? This this is only one technique out of many techniques from HeartMath, which is available for free on their on their website. But also is to really think about what are we doing every day to fill up again for tomorrow instead of waiting till the end of the week and realizing we're just exhausted. Yes, yes. And I love uh, what you said about planning for stressful uh, situations. If you know you have a stressful meeting coming up or maybe you're going to be dealing with difficult people or whatever, uh, how can you plan for stressful events that can help you, you know, what keep you from flying off the handle or in, in, engaging in outbursts <laughs> to keep yourself calm and uh, uh, regulate yourself even in the midst of a, a, a meeting or a situation that, you know, can be chaotic and stressful. It is. I think one of the things is to remember what I learned anyway. I keep saying, well, unconditional love unfurls DNA, un uh, love in all forms like compassion and forgiveness and gratitude and appreciation is, um, you know, does repair DNA. We've got a lot of research that actually shows that. However, you know what? I get tested every day about <laughs> this where I, I get to a point where I, I think, oh, yeah, I can let that go. Five years ago I wouldn't have or even five months ago. But then something will come back to frustrate you. And it's just mm -hmm. a matter of saying, look, they're all normal emotions. There's no condemnation here. It's only curiosity. And I think, now, what made me fly off the handle? Or what was the, this, what happened before that I wasn't aware of where I could have prepared for myself? So it's really just all about creating a choice point where we can make a decision that, yes, our emotions are going are attached, you know, our sympathetic nervous system will just take off when we get frightened or when we get angry. But at the same time, you can actually say, I I know what I can do to to reset again. Mm. And I will. And I like that's what's that. going to sustain us. Yes, I love that because what we say, right, that's being communicated to ourselves. <laughs> and if you're saying, I can't cope with this or this is too much for me, 
you know, we're, we're really buying into that draining energy and we're not claiming our power. And we can reverse that. I can cope with this situation, right? Things that we can tell ourselves to really uh, help us preserve our energy and, you know, really help us result in a more positive outcome for the situation. I think so. And sometimes, you know, we don't have time really, honestly, with, with so much going on and there's a lot of relentless stress. And this is where community is really important as well. This is what I learned from HeartMath is to build community, mm. the global community. So we're, we're all uh, increasing our emotions, not increasing, sorry, making it, our emotions more elevated. So really like from pride or arrogance and you're moving towards unconditional love or non-judgment this does not mean we hold we don't hold people accountable for their actions it doesn't mean that it's not letting them trample you uh, and hurt you you've got to find you know keep yourself safe but for yourself eventually you have to say look i've got to let that emotion go because that emotion is actually destroying my health Yes. And becoming aware of what's happening in your body, the tension in your shoulders and your neck, your jaws, all that actually shows as emotion, maybe stomach ache or even even things like um, skin conditions, what is actually going on? Yes. So it's just a huge amount of awareness and, and being curious about things. And that's what actually starts changing inside. And, you know, Ruth, not taking life so seriously or if you make a perceived mistake you know so what there's an opportunity to do something new or to try something new so a lot of times we take this perceived mistake and just hold on to it and build that regret or guilt or shame and you know that's wasted energy as well and um, i love what you said about you know, having a support uh, network, a support group, and uh, whether it's Facebook or or your particular tribe that you're a part of, uh, to help you, you know, have that support that's needed. That's so important to look for that. It definitely is, but it's also a nice thing to have support people that have elevated emotions as of well. So, of course, I think we have to yeah, be careful, right, about yes. where we're. <laughs> Uh, you know, the type of uh, network or group that we want to connect with, right? That it is a highly elevated uh, group. Yes, I got caught out because when I was in the blaming, everything is wrong, nobody's helping me. I ended up being with friends who all said the same thing. Yes, yes, <laughs> and yes. And they say what we attract uh, how we are and what, how we're vibrating. So uh, this is so important to stay at that high vibrational level so that we can attract, you know, what is best for us. And Ruth, you talk a lot about resilience, uh, uh, you know, as a, a mainstay here. Uh, can you really shed light on, you know, how can we build resilience uh, before we uh, go on, uh, before we close out? I think just going back to that prepare. Mm -hmm. is really important. The first thing I think is to realize that, you know, throughout humanity, mm -hmm. most people have got through some terrible disasters, okay. wars, everything. So you can see that we have a spirit in us that really will rise. Mm -hmm. And it's when we think that we don't, have, we can't do it, that really starts taking the light out of our mm -hmm. lives, the quality of life. But also, it actually okay. turns the lights off 
like from ex- your genes expressing themselves. So yes. all the way through to for resilience is to realize we have tanks that we need to keep filled. We need to know when our energy is leaking and okay. how to quickly put that energy back. And I, as okay. I said, there are a lot of techniques okay. that to, to do that. Self-regulating okay. techniques are the way to do it. Okay, well, Ruth, uh, we, we're getting ready to close out. So how can listeners connect with you? Just give us your link. Oh, um, well, I am on LinkedIn, and I also have my website, ruthlithler.com.au. Okay, all right. Well, thank you so much, Ruth, for being on our show today with such self-empowering wisdom to inspire us to reclaim our health and be vibrant by living and loving from the inside out and sharing those practical strategies to help bring us back into homostasis and those great self-regulatory techniques. So uh, for our listeners, uh, connect with Ruth to go deeper and listen to our show on demand. And I think if you visit Ruth's site, she'll offer a special uh, gift to our listeners who uh, will uh, connect with her using the word love light. So strengthen and embody the practice of love in your daily life by accessing your weekly love practice posted on the blog pages of my website, JeanFerrisJourney.com and Dr. Jean Marie Farish, ConsciousLoving.com. Much gratitude to the Voice America team for making this show a reality and for shining their love light around the world. You know, we should nurture love. It's like a flower to protect for continued warmth, like a tender flower that you water daily. And the more we love ourselves, the more we can love others. We're worthy of our own love. You can access my article published in Savannah East, Loving and Caring for Yourself is Loving and Caring for Others, where I highlight loving and caring for ourselves are mutually, it's mutually reciprocal and complementary acts achieved by being healthy, peaceful, generous, and grateful even for life's challenges. I'm Dr. Jean Marie, your Love Light host, coming to you from Voice America. And until we meet again, remember, an empowered self is a loving self. And keep your love light shining. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Love Light this week. Be sure to join Dr. Jean Marie Farish again for another program next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a wonderful week filled with love, self-worth, and better connections.